Marvel DC Marvel DC Marvel DC DC Marvel 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 We create our own realities and words. That's disgusting. Hello. That's disgusting. Hello. Hey everybody. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. Welcome to the Geek Chat. The Geek Chat. Hey, 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 everybody. Hello. And welcome to another edition of the Geek Chat. I'm Desmond. I'm Rich. And we're your hosts for this hour-long journey into all things comic book. Yay. Comic books. Books, Pearl. Yeah. Pearl. We're not doing just one tonight. We could. We I mean, could. Because there was a couple that were really good. And as always, there's a couple that just did not um, sit well with us. Nope. But nope. That's nope. they circled the drain. <laughs> they they really did, but that's with anything, you guys. So um, and I know if you uh, of course if you have not, you know, been on the internet or living under a rock, you know that someone that was very close, you know, in our hearts passed away. Yeah, we were sitting here before the show, just just talking about fun stuff, fun facts about yeah. uh Prince. Yes. So we want to dedicate this show to the purple one um i know he for some reason i always thought that he would be a person that would read comic books i was uh watching something about um i guess everyone's coming out now uh uh, talking about prince because prince was a very private person now everyone's coming out and saying about his charity work and all the stuff that he did um to help you know lesser um uh, low-income communities and stuff like that and then like boston and oakland and various other places and what he would do is he would but he would never tell people like this is why i was doing it it's probably know? one of his many names that exactly had many many names yeah, over he the had years so many aliases and there was this um someone was uh talking about he would go to uh he would go back home to the city in Minneapolis, uh, in Minnesota that he was from. Cause I guess he wasn't from Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. He was from another small town, a suburb of Minneapolis. And, uh, he would go there and he would call a theater chain, the owner of one of the s- small theater chains. And he would be like, Hey, I'm going to come in like two days from now. And I wanted to, you know, rent out the, the place and, and watch a couple movies with some friends. And so he would do that. He would show up with like maybe one or two of his friends and his bodyguards and they would just, um, watch movies and he only watched things that were uh pg-13 and low lower like he wouldn't watch any r-rated movies or anything like that and the last movie he watched supposedly was zootopia wow so it just seems like he would be one of those people that would just be like into comic books and he would read like can't you see him sitting like sitting uh in the bed you know with his hair all up and curlers and shit (laughs) (laughs) reading an x-men comic book maybe the outsiders yeah Yeah, i could totally see him doing that in this giant pink round bed purple (laughs) yeah yeah, purple not pink yeah no i just think i would think it like there would be like pink accents everywhere somewhere white you know i own his comic book it's somewhere back east i bought a couple copies of it yeah when people uh were posting those i was just thinking about like damn i remember that comic Uh, and i was like wow and he was always so much taller in the comic books. He was so much taller in everything, <laughs> except for in real life. Except for in real life. So again, this um, this show is dedicated to him. And without further ado, let's get on with the comics. So, Rich, uh, what's a comic that you would like to talk about first? Well, let's start right out of the gate with one we both kind of like. Let's start on a positive note. 
because we all know that this show can get a little, um, yeah, honest. We're honest here. We're not going to BS our way through this. We're going to tell you how we feel about it because when something's quality, we really want you to read it. And one of the books I think was really good this past week was from Boom Studios. And it's a mini series, one of four, called Joyride. The script was by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly. The art was by Marcus Toe. He gets everywhere. That, and it's he good. Is everywhere. And seriously. it's not half assed. Colors were by Irma Nevilla and letters by Jim Campbell. And the cover was by Marcus Toe with colors by Irma Nevilla. So it's this issue is Grand Theft Starship. That's the, the name of the issue. Because that's exactly what these two kids do. They live in this world where it is fully protected by this giant sky dome. And they, the government basically puts everyone in fear. by remember, They tell their, their citizens that a, a sinister evil lurks in the darkness of space. And we affirm that we will never, ever leave. One world, one government, one destiny. And our heroine says, sigh, I'll pass. And we're, we're introduced to Uma. And how do you say, how did you say his name? Duid? Yeah. Dude? Yeah. I do Duid. Duid? I thought it was Duid. At first, I'm like, I thought she was saying, hey, dude. No, it was Duid. I th- honestly think it was Duid. I don't know. I don't know why they had to have such a weird name. But it's the future, damn it. Yeah. The future, we have dumb names. <laughs> so I apologize to anyone named Duid. Um, so she gets contraband, which are her new sneakers and she buys him sunglasses because they are going to rebel against everything. And the whole thing is just them stealing a spaceship and aliens and aliens show up to make them slaves. And then that's a big lie. And I know who thought I didn't see that coming. I yeah, the big giant dome that's over the earth and half of the moon. And the only way to get uh, out is to go onto the dark side of the moon, because that's how that's the only part that is outside of the giant circular dome. Yeah, There's a gun aimed at the whole planet. It was, it was a very interesting read and I really liked it. I thought it was a good, it's only four issues. Um, the artwork is great. The coloring inside is great. When you when they see stars for the first time, I thought that was a great page because even the what would you call her? They call her a Nazi. It's so funny. Um, the, because the, the guard, yeah, who doesn't want them to leave, and she's like, "No, we have to stay." And and they're like, "No, we, we're going to get out of here." I, they were just it was just interesting. Like it is a it is a youth. It's a story youth about rebellion. youth, yeah, youth rebellion in the in the future and saying. And not um, staying put or saying, I'm going to be scared of the unknown. I'm going to go out there and and do it and be a and part about, of it. And it's also about questioning authority. Because when you're told all this and you're not told the truth about it, the, you know, Uma was really, she wants to know what is out there. And the guard woman is like, well, you can't. And she called her on it. Uma's like, well, what are you afraid of? You know, you are so wrapped up with what they're telling you, you're not thinking for yourself. Um, Which is what you do when you're a youth, I guess. Like, how many other people out there have, like, said when the authority came to them and they were like, we're just going to stay here. And they're like, okay, I mean, no good. 
ever comes of that. Yeah, well, no good stories are ever told from that. And I love it because it has a transformer in it. <laughs> I I did not know that was. I thought that was going to be like when that transformer, you know, transformed grabbed by the, oh. and, and and grabbed her by the throat. I thought like, oh shit, you know, this is something that's going to be. I don't know. I, I just didn't know what to expect with this um, with this story, and I was greatly um, impressed. I'm actually kind of sad that it's only four issues because I think that this could actually be a much larger story with a much larger um, narrative of like exploring. But maybe they were given four issues to see how it goes, and if people enough people like the four issues, then maybe they can come back with a second volume. Yeah. I mean, you never know. It's boom, and they really want to give people... I actually like the idea of miniseries. It's the opposite of what Marvel does. Marvel will say, here, here's a brand new book that no one asked for, and then they stealth cancel it because it doesn't have the sales there. Where at least if they said, look, Drax is going to be six issues. At least you know you have six issues. But they've been canceling, but like Weird World just got canceled. No one knew it. Which was sad. So I'd rather them tell us up front, look, this is only four issues. You have four issues to commit to. The writer has four issues to make an impression. And if it does well enough, and if enough people like us like it and get the word out there, that you should at least try the first issue. And the art, Marcus Toe, he did the last two new Avengers, and he's going to be doing something for, do you remember what he's doing for DC's Rebirth? We both got excited because he's going to be in the new DC Rebirth. Um, but I don't remember what. We'll look that up and let you know. His art is very solid. It's very traditional, but yet it's not a boring traditional. Um, do you think the reason why Marvel doesn't do that is because they're trying to dip into both markets? Because everyone nowadays knows that a miniseries is going to be traded. So do you think that they're not mm-hmm. saying... They're not saying, oh, you know, Drax is only going to be so long because they want people to buy these number ones and not wait until it is traded. I mean, do you think that? Well, I also, if they, if that's their idea, I think they're hurting themselves too because the people that want to read this monthly, they get burned. And why try something new? I mean, that's the other side of it. If, if you're going to be, if you're really excited, like I really liked Weird World. It was a fantastic little series. It was really strange. And. You know, the book had Christar in it, and it really didn't go anywhere. And the Lava People, kind of like, like Squadron I like the Lava Supreme people, did, too. Squadron Supreme touched it. And it's funny that we're, we're going way off track, but it's funny that they really wanted to try to make Weird, weird World something by putting it in X-Men, putting it in Squadron Supreme, so that people could get a, a taste of this new Savage Land, almost. And it just didn't fly, unfortunately. I liked it. I did too. Um, but again, that's three. I well, I guess the savage. Uh, sorry, the weird world experiment. I guess is over now because Squadron Supreme went to it for their arc with with uh, Doctor Druid, and that's done. And the X Men, that's done. That's done. Uh, the Black Knight that it's took over. place that was canceled. Done. And then Weird World itself got is canceled. Done. Wow, and I thought the weird the weird world uh, miniseries that came out of Secret Wars, that was a really good read. Like I liked reading about Archon and and what was going on with that and and the whole um, Conan slash Dungeons and Dragons sort of rift they were doing. So I'm actually partially sad to see that it's that it's going because it's it was something that was fun and it was something that was. 
uh, engaging. It was something that was, you know. Weird. Weird. Yeah. So the next book we're going to go through, this one, this one wasn't such a hit for, for us, your Geek Chat hosts. It's from Aftershock Comics, which we really like. We always want to support, you know, the indies. This one's called Black Eyed Kids, B-E-K. Uh, number one, the first issue was only a buck ninety nine. Uh, Joe Pruitt was the creator and writer. Zyman Kudransky was the artist. Guy Major was the colorist. Marshall Dillon did the lettering, and Francisco Francavilla did the cover. And I gotta say, the cover probably is the best thing, in my opinion, about the book. Well, I don't think the art was that bad. No, it was very. It was a very indie. But in um, spots, it was very. It made uh, no sense. Yeah, because it was very. It's very noir. It's very not. Um, I see noir in its, in its color scheme, not in its tone. It's not Correct. noir. It's not a noir book. No, not at all. It's just. But these, the color palettes are very very deep, dark. Dark blues, deep dark purples. Um, Sometimes the way the page layout is, you kind of was like, I don't understand what's going on. The middle section with the guy living in, I don't know what he's supposed to be, but like they really don't do a really good job either telling you what things are. Like the, the, there's Jim and then his neighbor. And he's saying about how, how was business? You had a steady stream of customers. Uh, he says, as much as I hate these economic times, I'd be lying to say that it hurts my business. Uh, and then the other guy says something about I'm in the wrong business. I have no clue what business this was in or even if it's important to the story because the two kids stare at him and then we never see the guy again. It, I didn't understand that. Um, then the guy, the kind of guy that's in watching a porn is what I thought it was with a beer. <laughs> yeah. It looked like a porn to you. It, it was. It, it, I don't understand this. And then two kids show up, and all the kids have like dark eyes, and no, they they have their eyes are just black. Yeah, you know they have no pupils or anything. It's just complete like what Marilyn Manson used to do when he had the black contacts in. So they have no pupils. So it seemed like it's this weird sort of anti. Um, what was it about the 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 children with the glowing eyes? Well, what story was that? Chat. Do you know what that was? Uh, oh, the Village of the Damned. That's what okay. it was. So it's like this reverse sort of indie hipster Village of the Damned and thing like, going one on. Of the sons, the son has to kill his whole family, and I, there's I, there's no reason for me to read the second issue because the first issue didn't tell you exactly what's going on. It was a series of events. Some things do not even touch the other things. They don't even. It do, nothing goes together except for the 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 children, the boys, and there are then, boys. I thought one of them was a girl. Uh, I don't know. I can't tell. Like <laughs> I really can't tell. The the art, their faces are so warped. I just I was I. The bad thing is I don't know. I, I can't tell you what this book's about. That, that's true. That's that is the that if is you really true. A, if you can't that's get true. what the book's about, like Rough Riders, we could tell everyone in two sentences what Rough Riders was about. That's true. Black eyed kids. Just a bunch of kids killing people for some or reason. Or making them kill people. Like, that was even uh, in question. Are they influencing people? Are, yeah, are they aliens? It's. I think they're trying to go for uh, an Outer Limits or, or you know, Strange Tale, uh, Outer Limits kind of thing where you're not really sure what's going on. You're just supposed to, you're just supposed to, 
trust that the writer or the creative team is going to get you there that there's going to be some payoff when you um when you read it I did. I, I read guess. the first issue and there was no payoff. No, no, no. I mean, when you when you read the story, like I think. Well, why should. So, yeah, I agree with you. There should be a payoff, but I shouldn't have to get to the fifth issue by four issues not knowing what's going on. Well, uh, are you sure? I mean, it's is that an ongoing? I think. See, uh, like I can understand if it was maybe a, a five issue series and you had an, an ending, then you could know it was going somewhere. Because I'm all for mystery. Don't oh, get I'm me all wrong. For mystery like, too. I'm all for mystery, but I think there was just a little too much mystery. Well, no, yeah, there wasn't enough letting the reader in on what's going on. Just, just a little something. And it, yeah, and it wasn't, it wasn't intriguing enough. Like, like when we reviewed the disciple from Image. I mean, that had a lot of weird shit going on. But at least, and we didn't know what was going on with it. But at least it kind of the the we knew the one guy wanted the girl for some reason yeah like you could at least say what the book's about in a sentence and it was just there was there's was just a lot of weird shit going on like this book it's just the amount of weird shit in the disciple was a little bit more like entertaining than in this one <laughs> you know and, and i again we're we're really for aftershock comics as an imprint i really am but i think this one was just kind of a miss i don't know um especially after reading the last, like, my favorite book comes out next week, Insects. I love that book. Um, I don't know. I think that if they're going to do it, they need to let us know what it's about. Just something. Yes, Frank, we have mysteries. We all have mysteries. Life is a mystery. Oh, Lord. What do you want to talk about? Moving right along. Um, I want to talk about... Um, what do I want to talk about? I want to talk about... I want to talk about Star Wars Manifest Destiny. So uh, a quick little note about this book. I will not be reviewing it because the copy we brought home. This is hilarious. The copy that I brought home to read, I didn't realize. Well, I knew we had ordered one, but I forgot to bring a regular copy home. The copy I had at home to read was the Klingon version, where the entire book is in Klingon. Now, I cannot <sighs> speak or read Klingon, so I could not read it. That is some nerdy shit right there. <laughs> Seriously. They fucking, literally, they IDW said, issue in Klingon. they said, hey guys, you know, marketing said, let's really geek out with this and make one that's completely in Klingon. And you know bitches probably bought that shit up. Well, my husband wanted one, so Uh. we bought it, and I went, I pulled it out, and with my stack, and I'm sitting down, and I open it up, and I'm like, all it is is a bunch of squiggles. I have (laughs) no fucking clue. I'm like, oh well. Don't be, don't be a speciesist. What do you, what did you think about this book? (laughs) Well, for one thing, it was very rough to get. One thing that was rough to get past was the four ninety nine price tag. I was a little. I was a little um, saddened by that. But after hearing that they had a complete issue that was in um, Klingon, that's probably why they, they did it. They had to pay for that $4.99, uh, th- the translation, you know, of, into Klingon. But um, so what we have here is Star Trek number one, one of four now, one of four. So this will definitely be traded um it's uh star trek manifest destiny it's not just for white people anymore um or written x-men. Bu- or x-men there you go uh written by mike johnson and ryan parrot 
Uh, art by Angel Hernandez. Colors by Esther Sanchez. That's Sands. Sands. It, it's close enough. Letters by And World Designs. Okay, Desmond Mal- Malaki. Malaki. That's close enough. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, it's Star Trek Manifest Destiny. And basically what it is is the Klingons are out there claiming worlds. Oh, it takes place in the J.J. Abrams version of Star Trek. So this is the... Um, Chris, uh, Chris Pine. yeah, Chris Pine and Zachary Quinto version. So it's in the it's in the alternate past. Um, so no Voyager, no um, uh, next generation. This is the classic crew imagined by J.J. Abrams, and it is a story about Klingons who are doing conquests of various worlds. Um, and it so was really what's the joke? The, the people with the red shirts are the one that's going to die. And they do the the red shirts. All of the red shirts. Oh my god! This guy gets it right through the head. Yeah, right seriously. The chest. All the when they the away team comes down because the basically they hear a. Uh, the Klingon, um, the Enterprise is out doing their mission, and they get a distress call from this planet, and they go to investigate it, and they are ambushed by these Klingons who are in the process of subjugating this new world, and they are brought into this dispute uh, with these Klingons, um, and that's pretty much what the what this first story is about, and the Klingons um, on the on the planet are killing red shirts left and right as um, Bones and Sulu are in the way team and Kirk and Spock are on the ship. So Of you have course a, they are. Of course. Which is not true. Horses. Exactly. Because if this was like if this Shatner. Was a TV show, yeah, if this was they'd sh- be down there and yes. everyone else because it was about them. Yes. Shatner would be down on the planet. You know, making fuck, out with the women, yes, fucking girls, and oh my God, I wasn't killing people that. left and right. He didn't kill, did he? Yes, he killed a lot. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh, Kirk's wow. gave no fucks. Uh-uh. <laughs> well, he gave <laughs> he some was like, to the women. He was like, Federation Prime Directive, don't get involved. Fuck that. <laughs> I got Earthling seed to spill. That's what he was. So anyway, um, so this is a much more um, laid back Kirk. So. In space, we have dog fights with the Enterprise and a Klingon bird of prey on the fl- on the ground. We have fights. A lot of shit happens. The um, yeah, I'm, I'm flipping through this. A lot happens in this book. A lot happens. It's I really enjoyed I'll it. Pages. I actually I actually enjoyed this book quite a bit. The artist really captured the likeness of the actors, so it did feel like I was sort of watching the movie, and there was a lot of action as well. Uh, the Klingons were very very cling on like so 24 pages no ads all interrupted all inter- uninterrupted story yes through the entire book that's what the thing that i liked about it too was it was just uninterrupted you were just in it to win it with it so i really if you're a star trek fan um this might be something you should pick up i mean i never thought that i was the 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 biggest star trek fan but this comic was i was i was pleasantly surprised with this book um it was weird though because I kept reading it in their voices from the movie because uh-huh. they looked so much like the characters, and I was just like, Ugh, "I'm hearing people talk like this." I did it's that crazy. for a book we're gonna re- we're gonna uh, review. I heard people's voices. Yes, too. yes. But again, if you're a Star Trek fan, this is definitely one that you should pick up. Um, again, uh, the price might dissuade some of you of being four ninety nine. That is kind of a, a steep price. But again, it is twenty four pages 
of uninterrupted Star Trek goodness. So you might want to... Uh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, you, you took it to a bad place now. <laughs> You took it to a uh, to a Voyager place. Not Voyager. No, Voyager was good. You took it to a uh, an Enterprise place because that was really bad. Okay, yeah, I don't know serious. what you're talking about. So really, hold on. You never really watched Star Trek. So my dad liked Star Trek, but I grew up Star Wars. And in our family right now, my husband is the Star Trek fan, and I'm the Star Wars fan. And he is actually becoming more of a Wars fan because of the cartoons and everything and the movies we've been watching. I did see the latest Star Trek, well, the first redone Star Trek film. I don't know. It just, oh, and the Star Trek people showed up in Star Wars, too. It was just, I've never been a huge Star Trekky fan. I was a Warsy fan. Uh, Charles, he did kill. Yes, Kirk did kill. Wow. Yes, he had sex and he killed people. That's what he did. Wow. Maybe I did miss out on something. He was awesome. That was my, that was my captain right there. That was your captain? Yeah. He was awesome. Awesome. So the next book we're going to review is Captain America: Road to War. This uh, not not Road to Civil War in the comics, but Road to War Civil in War movie. in the movie. Yeah, See, this is a movie tie-in. That's the thing that was. This uh, is a movie prequel. Actually. Yeah, people need to realize that this is about the movie, not the the Civil War movie, right. not the Civil War comic series. So the writer was Will Corona Pilgrim. Artist was Andrea Devito. Colorist Laura Villari, letterist Travis Lanham, and the cover was done by, well, the cover I have is done by Ron Lim. We love Ron Lim. I really liked this because this sets up what is coming in the movie. In the one trailer, we saw Team Cap working really well together, and they've got moves, and they work as a unit. This basically sets that up. This does a good job of setting up them coming together as a team. It takes place right after the last movie, the Age of Ultron movie, and they're in their new Avengers facility, and Steve Rogers and Black Widow are going at it. They're, they're training. They're training. Get your minds out of the gutter. <laughs> and he basically asks, what do you think of the new recruits? And then we get four one-page, just pin-up pay, uh, pinups of each one, and they're all assessed by black widow and then we get into the story and hold on I, real quick what did you think about her assessment of everybody for the movie you gotta remember this is from the movie because she in the movie she is i guess their intelligence officer yeah because she's she's the one that gets all the intel on the on the people so i think that she has a very interesting role in the movies versus her role in the comics right because I mean, she is a spy um but in a lot of the iterations that we've seen of Black Widow, she is much more of a a soldier or an assassin than an actual spy. Right. Again, and that's why I'm really liking the the uh, comic because she is being more back to being a spy. Exactly. So I w- I actually liked her giving her inter- her iterations and and her thoughts about each of the people and how they're coming on. What did you think about Scarlet Witch having telekinesis? And not hex bolts or shit like that. I was well, a little. They're gonna have hex bolt. They're they're gonna. It's gonna be a tele probably telekinetic bolt or something. No, no. But I think forces. that's yeah. I'm fine because that's a lot to ask uh, someone that's into these movies that don't read comics. I think throwing in all this magic, the chaos magic, and in the comic books, 
they've never really been able to get a pinpoint on what her powers are. They're either Omega level or they're, you know, she could alter probability at one point to, to make a building fall on someone. And then she drove the She-Hulk crazy and killed the all these people at one point. So I am fine with, with them going, you know what, Scarlet Witch, telekinesis, um, she's still going to, I think, have a little magic, as hopefully we'll see in this next movie. I loved that there was a version of AIM. I hope we get the beekeepers, but they, they're not going by the actual beekeepers, the big old hive suits, you know? Well, AIM was already introduced, though. They're introduced in Iron Man 3. But wearing these outfits? Uh, that, no. No, that's what I'm saying. No. I enjoyed seeing the, no. a version of them. Yes. And then we get Project Ultimo, and I thought... That's pretty cool because they couldn't really do this in the movie. Unfortunately. But but bringing it, showing it in the comic book and using the comic book as a medium for the movie, I like that. And the fact that the team, when they first, so Ultima, Ultima was a, attacking a small village near a forest mountain. I mean, how, and then they say it's Ukrainian. I'm like, okay, if we don't want to pinpoint, that's Win, fine. It's Wingor Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> and so the team is assembled and how great, Tony isn't there. And Avengers are assembled. The brand new recruits are assembled. And it doesn't go well the first time. And I'm glad it didn't go well because I'm sick of people coming together that have never worked together and everything goes smoothly. It actually was a little realistic that they tripped over each other, that, you know, Vision would do something and screw up a shot for whatever. I was good with that. And that they use it as a way so that when we go to the movie, we're like, well, how are they doing this? They kind of showed us how they did this, how they come together, which is evident in that first trailer that, that shows, you know, um, Captain America taking him down and then Scarlet Witch shows up and Falcon shows up and we get introduced to Red Wing. Like, I thought that was great, them working together as a cohesive team. And then reading this comic, I was like, oh, this is how they brought it together. I really liked it. What I didn't like was A, the price, and B, the backup story, which yeah. is filler. I don't feel... The filler should have been there. Yeah, it wasn't necessary. It was not. This could have been just a three ninety nine book with the regular pages, but to pad it at five bucks and then have half the book be this. Yeah, I think it's the first time that <sighs> Iron Man and Captain America ever had a. I get that. Had a angry spat. I get that, but it was. It's all reprints. Why should we pay for something that's already been paid for? Mm. That's my point. I don't know. Maybe I thought some people would enjoy it to see like the first time, you know. What I thought was cool was we get to see Tony Stark's, as in the commercials that we see, his his watch turns into his glove, and now we know why he made it. Do you think that we're going to have them uh, refer to this Ultimo and all that stuff in the movie? No, I don't. I don't think so either. I think it was just a really nice way of showing the team come together. It would be cool if it, they did. It would be. Do you remember when we fought Ultimo and the whole audience would be like, whoa. No, no, no. What they should and do. And then you and I'd be like, we read no, that. No, no, no. What it should, what it should do <laughs> is they should say, remember that time we fought, fought Ultimo? And then at the bottom, a little box says editor. And it's like, you know, Captain America wrote to <laughs> war, that, number yeah. one. <laughs> and this is the editor. Now, that would be fun if they did something like that. But they probably won't because they're not as cool as we are. Right? Right.
Right. Thank you again for tuning in and checking out the Geek Chat. We're here live every Monday from 6 to 7 on MixLR. If you miss an episode or any of our other episodes, you can check out um, this season and any other season that we've done before on SoundCloud. Search the Geek Chat. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, Tumblr, and on Instagram. We are also on YouTube. But again, always search The Geek Chat. If you want to talk to Rich or myself, you can always uh, join the Facebook group, The Geek Chat. Always search The Geek Chat. So what's next on the docket, Rich? Do-do-do. Do-do-do-do. So we're going to review the standoff, the last two. Well, Before Omega, Omega right? is this, yeah, is coming up in the next review we do. In you the know what's going to happen chat. in Omega, right? Uh, the, the 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 cosmic cube baby the ccb is going to be like a teen and she's gonna be like i hate everybody she's gonna kill everybody <laughs> the end of the marvel universe she's like i'm gonna go to prom all i ever want to do is go to prom and then steve's gonna be like i understand you and she's gonna take her to prom and it's gonna be a happy ending and then pretty in pink or don't you forget about me is gonna play in the background oh that's sweet no it's not all right, Please so don't do that. Sam Wilson, Captain America, number eight from Marvel Comics. The standoff issue. Nick Spencer was the writer. Paul Renald was the artist. VC's Joe Caramanga was the letterer. Dono Sanchez Almara were the colors for pages 11 through 13. I don't know who did the page, the other ones. Probably Paul Renald. And he also did the cover. So, the cover shows three different Captain Americas, but what makes no sense is that it's Captain America old and Captain America new, but it's supposed to be Bucky. It was a really weird cover I found it to be um, after the last one where it was all of them, but in different garb. That's but, Bucky. I know, but it's when Bucky was Captain America. Yeah. I think it's, it's all of them. Yeah, but he should have been Captain America too. If you're going to have one, this is my, we were going to talk about covers. Well, he's in his new, he's in his new Captain America outfit. Yeah, no, it doesn't work for me. He should have, if, well, if you're going to show, one, if you're well, going to show, yes, if you're going to show Bucky and his, at least give Steve his and not this is. weird thing. Steve's, Steve's just the one no, in the background. Didn't work. Ah. Uh, so this issue is basically buddy, buddy, you know, Bucky and Sam talk about their lives that they've done. Uh, no, they kind of bitch the fact that they're probably he, he's probably going to be Captain America again. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what it was. And they really came off like like sidekicks. It's like, oh, they were happy that Cap's back. But and like, <laughs> duh zookeeper but i don't know who you are really are you that stupid baron zemo you don't know who the fucking zookeeper is of course not <sighs> you know why i Be knew who it was i didn't even turn the page i didn't know who it was but it, it's craven craven is a spider-man villain come on like like these guys have they know all they've the worked villains. together in the acts of vengeance <laughs> <laughs> so they're part of the like the super the super villains credit union or something yeah, like they that. know who they are they see each other at a branch and they're like oh zemo how are you you know as i i just on one hand, I really like the art. I thought it was great to look at. But even my husband was like, really? A birthday party? And then you put the hat on? Really? Frank says uh, the Bucky's uniform was actually Cap's. Actually, Frank, it was Bucky's uniform because you can tell because the gun. Captain America never carried a gun. And he had the shield at the bottom. Correct. It was... It was... I just feel like right now we're padding. Like... 
like I said last no, week, I this did not. Uh, I, I didn't think it was padding. I think I think we had them giving their thoughts about what this means for Captain America coming back into the fold. But didn't Will they become Captain issue. America? Was and I don't think it took the whole issue. I I thought we had a lot of character moments with them, and we had just enough character moments with the villains talking about what they needed to do. Um, and I liked the fact that. You know, Cap, uh, Sam was like, hey, if he wants the shield back, fine, it's his, you know. Um, and they were like, no, you know, we're not going to do that. It's you're the Captain America. I'm going to go and do my own thing or whatever. And I thought that was kind of cool. I, I was like, fine with that. I felt like that could have been in the last issue, too. No, I don't think it was. Mm. The, the last issue was about showing him becoming, yeah. re, you know, uh. becoming Captain America or actually becoming young again. And this like one was about him dealing with the fact I that, just, hey, I'm young again. I know, but I just feel like this thing is dragging. I'm so yes, glad it is. I'm not week. saying that I'm not saying that it's not dragging, don't get me wrong, but I'm I liked those character moments with Sam and Bucky talking about, you know, because they were both former sidekicks. They're both like seeing what this new paradigm shift is going to be. You know what I had a problem with? What? The way Baron Zemo was written. He Correct. was so stupid. Yes. I did not like I, I do not like the way Baron Zemo is, is he, right now. He, this he, whole he's thing, not coming off like a ta- master tactician uh-uh. at all. And he was very comedic and the whole thing felt like a three stooges between uh Zemo, um, Trapster and Fixer. I was just like this this they're they're not the three stooges. That part did not work for me at all. And how come villains, if they're such badass villains, they always fail? Like, I know that's the whole thing, but it just, I don't know. I don't know. I wanted I to like, like this the, album. No, uh, I, didn't album. Like, <laughs> I didn't like the thing when they where they were trying to call out the uh, the Cosmic Q baby. I didn't like that. With that's the what whole, I mean, a birthday party? Yeah, like, I didn't like that either. Like, I was just like, why are we having, why are we having trying to have a birthday party for her you know Cause I, well, maybe I, I she's think, not omnipotent and maybe i think she's craven is a little better than that like i feel like craven was written dumber zemo was written dumber so do you think craven should have put like a some candy on a plate in a box <laughs> with like a stick <laughs> she crawls in she's like oh, it's candy and he traps the box yeah, on her just, just i don't know he I is the know. hunter the hunter <laughs> craven the hunter and isn't craven like super old isn't craven dead too he used to be but remember this is the new post secret or uh secret wars where it's the versions that what is what do you people always tell me frank rich uh, franklin it's, richards it's the memory that's why we can't bring back professor xavier because he was dead and franklin knows he was dead whatever it's all bullshit so new stand uh, the new avengers standoff uh i'll just briefly go into this des didn't read it for some reason but i didn't get it <laughs> i think i think frank was wearing off was, was wearing off on me and i was like new avengers ugh. and that's what it but is. i wanted to read it i couldn't seriously I, yes because you love this godzilla Kaiju. so it's you godzilla ash, versus right. voltron basically it literally is it's like it's like a uh a, a nostalgic wet dream and now going we, on. the 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 lesbian subplot between Dr. Tony Ho and Pod or whatever her name is, Aku, you know, I care about you. I know. And Roberto, because he is a mutant and he got hit by the Terrigen Mists, he, of course, in the middle of this attack, has one of his seizures. Um, and Songbird gets taken down by Rick James. <laughs> 
<laughs> really? By he says, I'm with James, bitch. Slaps her out the air. By a fist and a... I'm just... Uh, this. So, again, I really like the art in this. I really... Marcus Toe. It's Marcus fucking Toe. I got to read his stuff twice. That's true. Like the, he's, like, he's like the new Ron Lim. He <laughs> should be penciling this book, but it really needs a new writer because... <laughs> I rolled my eyes so much at this. But isn't that weird how you absolutely adore the Ultimates, but you cannot stand this book? I like I want to <laughs> So here's the thing. I want the the okay. This team on paper would work for me because I love Roberto and I loved who shows up at the end of this. And I like the idea who of Who shows this, up at the end? Rita Repulsa? Some no, some Power Rangers. Let's not get on that. She looks like No, Sam shows up. Yay! So we got all the characters I care about, but yet the storyline is just like I don't even care that they're on this island, and you know Roberto's living the life like he always has. He's always been a show off with the money. Remember, he always has to. He used to have his dad's credit card, and he'd always want to take the gang on these elaborate yeah. trips. Like I do remember that. they they're getting the the character moments down, but I don't care about giant robot and I do giant Godzilla. And, I do. And it's not about you, Rich. It's not always about you. Some of us like these weird giants. Now, I'm going to tell you what I did like. Okay. Oh, shit. I did like that the traitor was revealed last issue, and Clint is basically pissed at her for what she did. And they're oh, both, That was a quick reveal. They're both being debriefed, and uh, Hawkeye got captured by S.H.I.E.L.D., so now he's being going to be detained, and Songbird, they made a choice, one of the... the John Garrett, he's the head guy. He made the choice to basically tell her to come under, come out from you know Hiding. your cover. Yeah, and um, they still hate Robert DeCoste. You know, they still hate Bobby, and so Songbird was outed. So there is no team. They won't talk to each other, and it was really cool because in the beginning they even she or was it he? I think he asked her, "Are you ready to have a Thunderbolts moment?" And I was like, oh, I love that because I loved when Clint was leading the Thunderbirds and I've always been a fan of Songbird. And now the fact that they don't like each other, I'm like, oh, more drama. But you got to love the drama. Did you notice, though, with the schematic of the Avengers Island, their 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 landing pad is a big A. Uh-huh. That is so cool. That is some like next level Batman shit right there. That's what I mean. The book has so many. I think it has so much potential. But um, now I like the artist, but I think he's a bad fit for this. Sandoval really? is coming back. Oh, oh. And I think Sandoval just makes everyone just. He is an artist I like, but not on books where people should look like people. And that's the problem I'm having with this book too. Wow! In all caps, Sam said, or in all caps, Frank said, "Why do you think I quit that stupid book?" Well, I mean, I want to like it. I know. Again, it's really funny that on one hand you really like his ultimates, and on this one, it's really bad. I think he's just using all of his superpowers to write that book and all of that. ultimate is the ultimates for me is smartly written, and we're I'm kind of biased because you know how I feel about Kenneth Rockefeller. So maybe if another artist comes on ultimates, I'll hate it. But for <laughs> really, <laughs> for now, I'm really? enjoying it. Well, again, I like the characters in that too. I think both teams are different, and I like that Marvel's trying something new, especially with Teddy and um, 
Oh my god, I forgot his name. Oh, what's, what's Teddy's boyfriend's name? Everyone's on. Everyone's like calling you out. It's what? Sandoval, not Sandoval. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I'm from New York. I'm gonna say how I say things. <laughs> Go screw yourselves, okay? <laughs> um, again, I think for me, it's a it's a really big twins moment. Remember the. Uh, the movie with with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. That's I've like never we're, seen that movie. We're getting the like for the Ultimates. We're getting the Arnold Schwarzenegger version, and for un, uh, New Avengers, we're getting the Danny DeVito version. So it's like, and he just can't really do both. I don't know. I, I don't really think he can do both. I really hope the book gets better because I I personally want to read about this team. I, thought, I do too. I think it's a very interesting concept. But he finally he bought he bought AIM and he's turned AIM around to help America but the government can't see past the word aim and that he's a mutant so he's bad that's bad that's bad instead he's trying to show look I'm just trying to help and I like that and I'm so sick of this Terrigen Miss bullshit so sick of it well hopefully it'll do something maybe the Cosmic Cube baby will do something maybe she'll smoke it or something roll it into a doobie or something um, so the next book we're going to talk about is we're going to go into um, a back to our indies. And it's an indie that is really starting to make waves. They're celebrating their five-year anniversary. And we're talking about Action Lab. Um, and they've just released their Action Verse, which is a collection of all of their superheroes. One shots with one larger story. Correct. It's, it's weird how they're telling the story. It is weird. It's a very new way that they're doing it. Um, with all their superhero titles, I guess it's crossing over in this one larger narrative. Um, because the bi- I can't remember who said it, but a lot of uh, smaller uh, indies are being discouraged from making superhero books because a lot of people in the industry feel that superheroes are done best by Marvel and DC. And here we have a company... Um, action lab who is saying no there are other people that can do uh superheroes just as good as marvel and dc and they're really trying and given uh this book i actually am thinking that it's it's kind of true so uh this is action verse featuring molly danger written and drawn by jamal eigel colors by ross hugh letters by full court press that's a really great name for a that's a really great name for a for a um, a font company or a letters company, <laughs> and covered by Jamal Eigel. Now, if you don't know, Jamal Eigel was a long time uh, Supergirl, Superman. Yeah. Uh, he did a lot of. Uh, he was an artist for DC, um, so he knows how to draw really strong superheroes fi- superhero figures, and this is no exception. It's very Molly Danger classic. is his baby. He's uh, had this character for a very long time and he had her idea when he was single and he didn't know how to get, you know, the drama and the importance. And then he got married and he had a daughter and now he he uses his family a lot uh, as fuel. And you can see it in in Molly Danger. And this is his child. And Molly Danger is a base. She's she is a I want to say thirteen year old who is invulnerable. She has super strength and she's very plucky. And she has um, 
uh, pigtails and she just wants to save the world. That's she's very uh, opinionated, very like she's like you, very. Um, and I I love her for it. And there's this guy running around who's being chased from various dimensions by this other wave guy. rider. Yeah, no. wave. <laughs> it makes sense though. It's wave rider, right? No, I'm just kidding. I know we can't. That's not that book, but yeah, no. it, it it reminds me of something like that. Correct. And so in this one, they go to her universe. Uh, where Molly Danger is like one of the sole superheroes, and she has her own uh, force and her because I guess she's been dart. Su- yeah, she's been superheroing for a very long time, and the well, she's immortal. Yeah, she is immortal, which would suck. I would think if you're stuck as a 13 year old girl girl for forever, that would be horrible. You know what I loved about this book? What? I loved the nod to Fantastic Four. Oh yeah. Did where, did you see it? I did. Where she is holding yes. up this giant it just made me think of was it the thing that used to do that? Yes. It it was this nice little It would little, always test his strength. Yeah, it was this nice little nod. It shows this giant giant contraption weight trying to crush this little girl who's just holding it like there's nothing. She's just holding this up. And it was really it's a very strong page. Because that's the that's all that's on this page, and it's this little girl, and it's almost like not only is she super strong, but it just shows the character of her that she can take this on. Yep. I really like that. And I love that the main villain is a brain in a jar on a robotic body. Oh, my God. And his name is Medulla. That, to me, was some turtle shit right there. That is, that is tur- Teenage Mutant to Turtles 101. But it's just hilarious that it's just... it's. It, it's so bizarre. It's like a classic weird ass villain. villain. Just and it was a reveal. So you saw him throughout the book, but you saw his like mechanical dark. fingers. Yeah, and, and he was in the dark. And you didn't realize that it literally is just a brain in a in a case on some on a body on a robotic body. Yeah. And it's just this is <sighs> Jamal. I feel like uh, Jamal Eigel is writing old school. Yeah, but, DC but, Comics. But modern to where it feels new, but it's those elements that made up the great comics from the past. Exactly. I mean, I think this is this is his his take on those books that he used to like. Like this really seems like what you would see in post uh Flashpoint DC. Like I really feel that like med- pre uh, pre, sorry. Uh Flashpoint DC because like that Medulla villain just seems like something you would see Superman fighting Um, and I love that Dart he like Dart it's Danger's action response team and I'm like I love how they tied in the name of their company into this so it's action I'm like I kept going ah yeah that is so cool marketing 101 though and the way they introduced characters it didn't feel forced because as a brand new reader you're introduced to everyone and you're given like a little fun fact about it Mm -hmm. but they're treating the reader like the guy the new guy who is being chased after yeah and there was a molly danger book it was an oversized two of them yeah there's been sorry there's been two but they've been oversized and they were all ages books so i'm glad that the character is back um I love how she showed up wet. Like, I like the little things most people wouldn't think about. In context, that sounds bad. It does. She, the guy warp teleported her out into these uh, waterfalls. Yeah, it looked like Niagara Falls. And I like the fact they kept that. She showed up. She's pissed. She's soaking wet. It's little things like Mm -hmm. that that add to the book. 
Yeah, I mean, because Jamal Eigel is a, you know, he's a professional. I think I think he takes the time to really, you know, think about these stories and, and show, like, again, he is a classic type of person yeah. i think like I, I reading this book and then reading the molly danger books like you can totally tell his sensibility like he is an old world dc guy yeah um and, and it really shows it does and i love the the last two pages i'll have to read the next issue because oh yeah here's a superhero flying around and he's like i'm gonna you know crime cannot be allowed to stand but fear of punishment isn't enough and this girl's like thank you because she was getting like choked or something and he and kills he the guy kills him and he's like you're welcome citizen i'm like oh my god i gotta read that now yeah he's like a uh, punisher had superpowers I actually think that uh, Charles would like this. You know, Charles is always going on about like classic DC this and classic DC that. I think Charles should read these. Charles, there you go. I'm gonna have Rich put one of these in your box, pal. So, Rich, what is what is the book we're gonna review now? What are you doing? Trying to stick it in, and it didn't want to go. Oh Lord. So, uh, the last book we're gonna review is Superman Action Comics. We're, we're going to read a, the first one, too. We're going to give a little love to DC. Yeah, I think we should do the Superman Batman as well. Because I think... So this is the Batman Superman... Uh, this is the Superman and he's dying. So, and Rich and I were were very funny. It was funny to us because when we reviewed it the, the last week, we finally find a a book we or a storyline like yeah, about ending. Superman and it's about him dying because it's really showing him that he is immortal or that he I don't know just it's it's Tamazi so I think that's why he's he's really making him sound very human well in the Batman Superman which came out last week it was uh, the final days of Superman part two dark discovery and the story was by Peter J. Tamazi, and the pencil was Doug uh, Manke, and the uh, inker was uh, Jamie Mendoza, with colors by Will uh, Quintana, and letters by Rob Lay. The and again, uh, Doug Manke is just a fantastic artist, and this is a really great book because this is Superman going to Batman and telling him, "Look, Bruce, I'm dying." And Bruce is like, which is really funny. Bruce is the one that has so much hope. He's like, well, have you thought about this, 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 and this? And he's like, Superman's like, yes, it's it's you know so total cellular decay. That's it. And it's just funny because Batman is the one that's like, he just he, he didn't give up the entire issue. Exactly. Batman is just like, no. Like, and that is why I liked it because the new Fifty Two Batman and Superman. I don't think that bond was there all the time. But you really it, see it in this one. Yeah, it goes back to again pre-New 52, of the two guys being friends and and Batman going, there's got to be something I can do to help you. Yeah. There was a lot of respect here. It was a lot of friendship. And I loved with what I loved what Alfred said. Oh, that was good. Yeah. Alfred was like, I'm sorry for, for eavesdropping, but thank you for everything you've done. And then the close-up of Bruce looking over at him and being like, like that. See, Doug Mankey just did it and that in that quiet scene of bruce looking at superman saying like it really i really it really just seemed like he was like i'm gonna lose my friend i can't let that happen and it was like it was just bigger than him and then this is also playing into what i believe is what is going to be uh the the catalyst which creates the new chinese superman yep i do too because they are attacked by um chinese spirits um, yes spirits that are called 
uh, the, the, the Zodiac, which I knew Rich was probably happy about. <laughs> and uh, they steal some of Superman's blood as Superman is becoming weaker. And um, and they take it back to this Chinese lab. And it was the woman that was in the first one. that Dr. was Dr. Omen. Yeah, and she was trying to break into the Fortress of Solitude. So. Yep. Well, the computers. The computers, the yeah. So I think that we're seeing the uh, the birth of the new super the new Chinese Superman with this as well. So this whole Super League is the crossover between the, the the three books, and that is we're actually going to be seeing things. And they've already said a lot of what happens here will be seen in the next book uh, in the next you know rebirth. So it goes from there into the very end of that. Superman says, "I got to find my cousin." Because she's the last heir. She, yeah. I have to make sure that she is okay. So Action Comics 51, uh, story and words were Peter J. Tomasi. And what a great, for me, Paul Pelletier was the penciler. And it wasn't a great seeing him <sighs> on Superman again? Superman was big, and that's what I loved. Uh, anchor Sandra Hope Archer, colors Timu Moray, and the letters Rob Lee. Wow. Um, so basically he finds his cousin at the DEO, and he thinks she's being held it's actually the opposite. He breaks her out, destroys everything, flies her away, and she's like, "Dude, my powers are gone. They were helping me." And yeah, she's losing her powers too. She's losing her powers, and then it, we get more from the Chinese Zodiac. So he shows up. Doctor Omen chops his arm off and says, "Go get it regrown," because she needed the blood. And then we get introduced to the new Clark Kent, who has these crazy powers and starts killing people. Yeah, and. It's an intriguing story. And there were some little issues, but I'll tell you, CBR hated this. One of the things gave it a three out of ten. They didn't like it because it wasn't like the narrative. I'm like, the narrative was through all the books. If you read this singly, it's a story, but as you're reading, it all fits into the bigger picture. Yeah. And the end was the best. The end for me, she, uh, Supergirl went to the Fortress of Solitude, and he basically says... You have, it's about you. You need to take my place. You can do this. She doesn't think she can. And then the best part was the last page where uh, Wonder Woman shows up pissed off. Like, where were you going to tell me? Yeah, she is pissed. And I'll tell you, Paul Pelletier, even with that ugly Wonder Woman costume, she looks amazing. Yep. And as always, a special thank you to our sponsors, because without them, we really wouldn't have a show. So I want to give a special thanks to Club Card Printing. They're the ones that help us do all of the fantastical prints that you see in our palm cards. And if we ever do posters, we're going to get them done there. So if you're in the San Francisco area or if you have a computer, check out clubcardprinting.com. We also want to thank Gene Gilmet. He does all the amazing artwork for the show. You can check him out at rltpress.com. Yes, Gene, I, I, and I don't take it personally that Rich is always trying to kill me. So, <laughs> Also want to give a special thanks to Terry Miller. She is the mistress of the mix board and makes all those lovely sounds that you hear uh, during the Geek Chat. Also want to give a special thanks to our major sponsor, Whatever Comics, located at 548 Castro Street in San Francisco, located between 18th and 19th. Check us out online at whateverstoreonline.com. And on Facebook under whatever store. All right, everybody. So thank you so much for listening. I just want to tell everyone, don't forget, Saturday, May 7th. The first Saturday in May is free comic book day. Head down to whatever or comic book shop near you, if you're not around us, for Civil War, the free issue. And a lot more that they're offering. 
There's going to be a new ROM series coming out. Uh, but it's this May, uh, this Saturday, May seventh, free comic book day. Yes, come out and uh, show us your cosplay. You might see some other people in cosplay if you come to whatever, and uh, come by and say hi to us. So I'm Desmond. I'm Rich, and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.